Hello and welcome to Carbitrage Podcast episode 96. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hi, sir. Hi, and I am Ryan, who is looking for his vowel opener. There it is. Oh, that is typical Ryan, right? Yep, typical me. I was going to say, I, I don't I don't know if I've seen you any other way, so it's, it's just fine. <sighs> Drinking so many EPA that <laughs> my life has come to. <laughs> I feel so bad for you. I really don't like Summit. <laughs> They're like my least favorite local brewery, <laughs> like by far. They're the oldest and widest spread, though. They have some good stuff. Mm. Anyway, so, um, yes. Complaint levied. Moving on. Speaking of complaints, <laughs> I have a horror story for you. Do you? It's yes. not October 31st, but why don't you lay it on me? I saw a horror movie at a movie theater last night, so. So I was at workish area. And there's a gentleman that came up with a BMW 745i. Yes, the e, the E65s, the ones that had the terrible V8. Yep, and yeah, everything. 2002 to 2009 or whatever they yeah, were. Yeah, those disgusting looking vehicles. There's nothing good about them. They're even ugly. I really don't like them. The uh, especially the pre facelift. The the facelift sport pack ones can look okay. The, the, it's the rear end that does it for me. That I can't. The bangle butt. Yeah, I really don't like that butt. Chris Bangle um, is the designer of that God, vehicle. That. Yeah, I'm not sure if I dislike him or the person that did the B5 Passat and Ford 500 well, more. Well, keep in mind, Chris Bangle also did things like Mr. Wags. So, all right, fine. Clearly, his so autism got less significant. The, the the guy that did the uh, Ford 500 and B5 Passat is still worse. Um, anyway, this gentleman comes up. Five, car yeah. the car was uh, blasting rap music when he was pulling up. Nice and had <laughs> billow of blue smoke coming out of the tailpipe. Ah, because the cylinder heads have failed yep. because it's an N62. Yes. Uh, and he uh, comes in, talking on his phone, gets off his phone. And he's like, uh, yeah, I just put some Blue Devil radiator stop leak in this engine. I'm like, no! I'm like, this is, don't wait, do that. Wait, wait, wait. In the engine? Yeah. So I assume. Not the cooling system. I, well, I assume he meant the cooling system oh, at this point. Okay. I'm like, <clears throat> you're, you're done. Like, that's it. Like, that car, that engine has enough problems, and now you've blocked off coolant galleys. Like, you're totally done at this point. Yep. And he goes, well, I didn't put it in the coolant. Oh. <laughs> so you put, like. Do go on. You put, like, oil, like, you stop leak? He goes, no, I, I accidentally poured the radiator stop leak in the oil. And I'm like, those areas are nowhere near each other. What were you thinking? Right. I'm like, yeah, you're super done now. Yeah, because coolant stop leak is full of, like, big chunks of stuff to plug holes. Yeah, exactly. And that car has like tiny oil galleys going to things. Sure does. Yeah. Like so, like rod bearings. Exactly. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, you're you're literally done. Like this that's the end of this engine. You've ruined it now. And he goes, "Ah, oh, shit." And he goes, "Oh, how about this? I'll sell it to you for 35 or for uh $1300." I'm like, "No." Am I other person is with me. He's like, "Fuck no!" And I'm like, "Absolutely nope, 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 nope." That thing is nope. worth like two hundred maximum. Bucks. Fucking nope. I'm like, you can give me forty five hundred dollars, and then I might think about taking it. And he's like, "Well, how much will it be to replace the engine?" I'm like, twenty thousand dollars, realistically, to get a good one. No, you're gonna have to get a one. A good N sixty two is like fifteen hundred dollars. No, I mean like get one that's like I'd be willing to warranty it. So go through the whole thing, make sure it's all right and everything. It, it's like fifteen hundred dollars plus the labor. Yeah, you it's a lot to, of labor, and you have to charge one hundred twenty dollars per per hour for labor plus all the other stuff. So 
well in the, excess of three or four times what the car is worth. Yeah, it'll probably end up being about $20,000 because that's about I would say six dollars to $8,000 is no, reasonable for an engine replacement on that car. Well, I'm just going through all the other like incidentals that can come up. Uh-huh. Like That's where I'd ballpark it. It's the same thing that I do with like a 4.2 V8 and an Audi. Yeah. I go, it's way easier for me to say $20,000 and it ends up being fifteen, and the guy's like, cool, I saved five grand. But still, at the end of the day, I'm not doing that because I don't service BMWs. If you're doing a four two, something's really wrong. If you're over ten grand, no, like a chain job in one of those is like thirty eight hundred bucks for not including labor. You really yeah. have to think about that. Yeah, it is including labor. No, it's not thirty eight hundred dollars on a Touareg four two, and those are belt. Sorry, on a Touareg three two chain motor. No, you gotta do a, a, a four two V eight chains. That's fine. A B six S four, a chain job at a mall is thirty eight hundred dollars. No. For labor, thirty eight hundred. No. I, I work at a shop. I yeah. literally price the shit out every fucking day. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it's but I'm really good friends I, with the techs, man. I don't care. I, like, I keep walking through. Like every time you send me a picture of one of the chains open on the back, of one of those things. I'm like, good god. What yeah, they it's do? awful. Like that. I have to pay the tax. You're gonna be paying right. like list price. But on you're all probably these... buying like the OE parts from the dealer for the yeah, guys. Yeah, because I have to get you that. You gotta buy private label OE parts. I have to get them. I have to warranty them. I have to be able to get the parts in a timely fashion. Right, uh, but so, that's good karma's cost. Yeah, shops that can do it with OE parts with no warranty yeah. can do it for thirty eight hundred dollars. Yeah, that's all illustrating. No, we are not, and that's nowhere near close. Still, it's still nowhere near close because you will likely have you to can... be doing a cylinder head while you're at it. Because those have such bad problems. I'm with. just saying. A chain, anyway, a chaining guy. Job. This is not the point of this conversation. Don't buy a four two. Okay, so now. <laughs> I think that's the point of this conversation. No, it's not at yes, all. I actually, um, what I was going to try and get to. Now you've ruined my story four and point, my topic. Four point four. Then um, don't buy that. The important thing to learn here is buy a car that you can afford to maintain, <laughs> <laughs> not the car that you can afford, because. Kion Turbo, what? Yeah. So you, <laughs> all right. Let's. If you look at my vehicle history, mm-hmm. it includes oh, I have. <laughs> a lot of cars that kind of suck. Uh, and eh. and to somebody that's into Audis and BMWs and shit like that. Well, yeah, I guess from like an my, outside perspective. Yeah, from an outside perspective, unless you know cars, these cars on face value sound like they suck. Sure. Like CA Accords, EF Civics, mm-hmm. CB Accords. MR2s, Boris. Supras, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, those things, uh, I buy those because I can afford to maintain them. Like, if I, you know, wreck the engine in my Cressida, I can go, it'll take me a little while, but I will find another 7M for like 600 bucks. Weird. Didn't you have that happen? Yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. Uh, and if you have like, whereas opposed, I just see so many people like fall into this trap where they're like, their only car is like an Audi, the 4.2 V8, and now they're really screwed. Yeah, like um, it, they depend on it to get to their low-paying job that can barely make them enough money to pay their like bills. Like Yeah, like you can make the monthly payment. Cool. All right, so what happens when you have a, like a very, very common timing chain that turns into a cylinder head, which now exploded your... My original quote of $6,000. Now they're I, making payments on something that's a paperweight, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just insane. Or, like, it, it, you buy a 745i. <laughs> and this is where this all kind of came up. Definitely don't do um, that. Now, somebody buys a 745i. First off, they've done zero research at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, none. Yeah, that's pretty or, apparent. <clears throat> that or 
they have like they really like the 745i for some reason. It does have a really nice interior, but I, uh... I, I don't understand it. At the same time, I'll take everything everybody likes with a grain of salt because I also legitimately like some really terrible, like objectively terrible cars. You do. Um, like my, the 86 Subaru that I own. Like that car is just not a good car. I love that car. Yeah, but it's got character. Yes, that's the thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> a, v- um, a V8 chain motor Audi doesn't have character. No, and neither <laughs> it does the seven, to, right, yeah. Neither does the 745i. Yeah, you think um, you look at an E65 preface of the first word that the first dozen words that come to your mind aren't character. No, no, they're not. They're you're it's you trying to leave the conversation <laughs> as fast as possible. Um <laughs> but <laughs> I don't want my timing chains to fail. I got to get away from you. The thing is, is I always say this to people, especially cuz you know, working in Northeast, I get people that come up from Northwest Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Um or into to be fair, people from Northeast as well, where I get a lot of people that are like, "Hey, I got this really dope deal on an all-road. Or I got this really cool deal on a Q7. Like, should I get this?" And I'm like, "No, don't." And they're like, "Yeah, but it's really nice." I'm like, "Everything that this car can do for you, a Lexus LS 400 can do for you. And that Lexus LS 400 is going to be a Toyota pickup mechanically. Yep. Like everything is going to be super cheap to maintain. Mm-hmm. So like I've flipped probably six, no seven, the, including this guy. This will be the seventh person that I've flipped from buying a super cheap Q7 or BMW or Mercedes. And it's worth those. noting you guys don't service Lexuses. We we will. Okay. I'm, I, we we don't officially, but I'm willing to help somebody out, especially if I if it's because it's to buy the car. Yeah, because this is one of those things where it's like I would rather have a Lexus in the shop, have my techs complain that they have to work on a Lexus, which is beyond me, but whatever. Uh, yeah, um, it's not. That's not a hardship. Yeah, <laughs> that's like but, you're welcome. Yeah, type of shit. like <laughs> I, I'm it, if my techni- if I have to have my technicians work on a Lexus, but that means that I can now sell the job. Yeah. And I can actually like not ruin this person's life. I go to sleep well, oh, sleeping well at night. Because if I tell somebody, yeah, buy the Q7, dude. Four two V8s are rad. They have so much torque, and I don't mention the horrific issues with timing chain four two V8s. I would I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Like I was I would lose sleep if I told somebody to buy a Tiguan without dis- disclosing to them that two OTs have large issues or without an extended warranty. Yeah. And I tell people, yeah, if you really want to take one, if this is the right car, yeah, do it. And ex- I will help you with an extended warranty. I'm great with working with extended warranty companies. Mm-hmm. I love doing it. Um, cause I love being argumentative and screaming at people. No way, And that's Brian. all you have to do. And it's really a great outlet for me. So please, <laughs> if you have, you should just be like a customer advocate for, uh, people dealing with aftermarket warranty companies. <laughs> yeah. Like I will happily w- work with your aftermarket warranty company. And the thing is, is I'm asleep well at night knowing that, you know, there's this guy who was going to buy a Q7 or something, and now he's super happy because he's got like a GS450 or something. Or it's reliable. Four, not 450. That's an insanely expensive car. 430. But uh, 430. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. The, uh, he's got a GS430. Uh, in You know, it's like 10 years old. I was going to say, it's the, got the 2UZ yelled. also had been around yeah. for like 10 years prior to that. Yeah, exactly. So they figured it out. And so, like, it's like... Kind of crappy. It's got yellowed headlights. It's got dent in the side. It's rusty. And you know what? This dude's super happy because everything works on. He's got his leather seats and it's still flex on people. And I've never seen one of those in a junkyard. Yeah, because they don't exist in a junkyard. They exist in scrapyards because they've been T-boned at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> or they've 
just been reliable and they were just on the road yep so even like the first gen gs i've seen a couple of those but the last time i saw one at a u-pole was a cash for cluckers yeah like it's they're very 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 reliable vehicles mm-hmm. and they're really good they're super comfortable and people say well they're not fun to drive we put good tires on it'll be fun to drive or if you want to feel like your car is rowdier than it really is, put shitty tires on it, and it'll yeah. be also fun to All drive. A GT86 platform. Yeah, exactly. Either put <laughs> super good or super shitty tires, depending on what you want to do. Uh, and that will be a fun car without spending a lot of money. Correct. Yeah, and the GS is a good car. It really is. And it's just, yeah, it's just one of those things where this E46 story where the guy bought the car. E65. Oh, sorry, uh, E65 story. Um, this E65 story where this guy bought the car and blew it up and it, to, be, to be fair he's like as he was leaving he goes i just fucked up a perfectly good engine <laughs> my my response was i can guarantee you that was not a perfectly good engine so don't feel too bad about it and yeah like it it sucks and i know you just bought it at auction but oh, like, you should have just offered to do an oil change with 75 w90 that might work, but it would definitely prolong its life. I don't think he could afford the oil change. I don't think he knew how much oil was in it. Like this poor guy, just like he just screwed himself, like really hardcore. <laughs> just like, I should see if that's on Craigslist right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's silver. And it's got a, it's got like a small dent right at the crease in the body line on the left rear quarter panel. It is not okay. Hmm. All right, so. Yeah, it might have blown up already. Probably. Sent it to the scrapyard already. Yeah, hopefully. But yeah, that's just uh, that's a story. Buy, buy what you can afford to maintain. And that doesn't mean that you have to have a, a crappy car. There's so right. many good oh, cars. Yeah. There's, there's reliable good stuff everywhere. You just have to be careful. Yeah, you really, really do. And especially if you're trying to deal with German cars. Like, German cars are great. Extra careful. Like, German cars are really, really mm-hmm. awesome. I love the German cars. History they are, yeah. Yeah, I love Mercedes. <laughs> I love BMWs. There's some Volkswagens I love, even though I had my huge freak out a few episodes ago. Um, Which one? <laughs> <laughs> the one where I screamed at the end of the episode. I, by the way, my list of cool Volkswagens that I don't hate, uh, the Audi 200 20-valve Quattros now on that list, because that's a very cool car. Okay, um, fine. I do like the brake discs. Those are just those are weird. really rad. <laughs> but, All right, yeah. I want to talk about more reliable stuff and good secondhand purchases. I actually uh, came down to the studio here a little bit earlier this morning because I was showing a dude on Craigslist my Fiat 500e, yes. and that is segueing me into buying a used EV. Mm-hmm. I think that is going to be a pretty good safe bet for people that really need to depend on their cars in the future yeah because there's like no oil changes there's really nothing they can screw up mechanically other than like if your wheel falls off because you didn't maintain your ball joints that's the same thing or like that that finisher truck that i saw that oh man with the wheel off i do like your comment after that like my favorite part was seeing the brake disc spin and the guy being confused (laughs) why it wasn't moving which like wow three open diffs All right. (laughs) Sounds good. Anyway, so we're doing a Patreon topic next, and it is going to be focusing on EVs. Yes. More specifically, EV charging infrastructure. So the question is, if we were to build an interstate or metro EV charging station, could also apply to like a rest stop or a gas station as an add-on, how would we go about designing? Like what other stuff would we, like amenities, and like how would you lay out the chargers? And First off, I want to say... Um, this should absolutely be a video game, like a tycoon game where you have to like, build your 
like gas station Build your infrastructure. Yeah, like, just like add that to automation. Y- no, yeah, exactly. But no, I mean, like, like you know, you had like um, it'd be some like restaurant tycoon or something, or mm-hmm. like like something like that. You could have bodega tycoon. Oh my. <laughs> Um, the places your mind goes, Ryan. <laughs> so, what, what 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 would you do since it's your topic? Okay, um, you've obviously thought about this more than me. Well, I have. I mean, a lot of the cars out there now, right now, don't have DC fast charging capability. So, the people that are going to be there, if they're doing a trip like that, like they're going to be charging in an emergency situation. It's not opportunity charging. They they have to charge. Yeah. So, giving them something like a chain restaurant really nearby is really helpful a coffee shop or something with wi-fi is really helpful Mm -hmm. because then they're not wasting the hours of their day they're still able to be productive so that's a must for me uh one thing i've personally run into a lot of ev chargers are back in spaces for me not a big deal but like if i have a trailer and i need to charge i'm out of luck so i think pull pull through charging areas is huge if there's space for it obviously in an urban setting that's not going to be realistic no but but it's something to think about because I, I really, it depends on where the charge part is in your car, but like a lot of the spaces require you to back in to charge. So that's something I would try to avoid. Um, the number of spaces I think is pretty big. Yes. Um, it, you need a lot more EV chargers than you need gas pumps on an interstate because cars aren't there for five, 10 minutes. They're there for 15 to you 60 minutes. Two or three gas pumps and like right. eight EV chargers. Right. So yeah, I, I think like a ratio like that is a good yeah. idea, having two or three times as many EV chargers. Um, the industry standard right now moving forward is CCS for quick charging. That's Let's what see. they call it. CCS is the standard round EV okay. charger plug okay. with the two DC pins on the bottom. Okay. So that's like what the i3 uses, the Bolt uses it, the iPACE yes. uses it, the new upcoming Porsche is using it. Uh, Tesla does not, but they're coming up with an adapter, so our dumbasses can use it. Um, that does up to 150 kilowatts, so that's super fast DC charging. I would focus on those connectors and still have the fallback slow charging ones like the Fiat uses. Um, I would also have, um, yeah, like I said, like a food stop and a coffee shop for sure with bathrooms. That's that's a must, but a convenience store would be great if it's something like a gas station just to try to migrate people over from gasoline to EV. So, I'm going to turn to Japan for the answer to this. Sure. Um, and I, just so you get an idea, um, have you been, you've been through Illinois. I have several times. So, mm-hmm. you know those, um, those like overpasses they have that go over the highway and there's like a little like mall inside of them? Yeah. So. The, the plazas or whatever yeah. the hell they call them. Yeah. I'm blanking on what they call them. But um, in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, those, they have parking areas that are like that. Hmm. And they have them everywhere. And so what I would do is I'd do something kind of like a Japanese parking area. And I'd also model the way my charging system is set up after Japanese gas stations. Okay. Japanese gas stations, you want the pump in the ground. The pump is underground. And then you have the plumbing that goes up to the roof of the awning. And then the hoses hang down. Oh. Okay. So how do you pay? Well, it'd be full service when they do that. So, um, interesting. Yep. You have your full service gas station. Uh, and then there's a guy that comes out and, and does that. And the reason they have it hanging up there is so regardless of the location of the gas tank, it's always convenient for the customer That's with the EV, with a trailer. Yeah. Be perfect. That would be perfect. It, it's, it would come straight down and just go right into it. Huh? Now, the only downside of that is the length, uh, between the transformer equipment and the actual charge port in the vehicle with DC that can be affected. Well, that, 
we can you could modify that easily. Well, you just um, have to put it in the awning. Yeah, it wouldn't be. That yeah, you, you put all that in the awning. You can put on the pillars to the awning, and just have them run up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really you're just it'd be triple the length of the cord. It's not like you're right. It, it's it not. Like, it's not like it's going from the building all the way out there. It's right. just it's going to be a three times as long cord. Um, now, as far as what I would do inside of it, uh, NPR uh, marketplace. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Kai Rizal is talking about the future of gas stations and bodegas. Okay. Because uh, a lot of gas stations are running into this issue already where EVs and hybrid vehicles don't use as much gas and they're tanking their profits. So a lot of them have done is they're turning actually to becoming a – well, actually, this is very common in Miami. They become a destination gas station. Hmm. So they take their old service station that nobody goes to because the – technicians that are 75 years old and used to do carburetors can't figure out how to do you know a bmw um, they can't do they can't do a d carb on an audi um these uh these timing chains are bad yeah they, they don't know what to do there like, you go yeah that's they don't know what to do sucks to be you um they're actually turning a lot of those into restaurants hmm. and so what they'll have is every one of these bodegas have different like specialized foods so uh kai Rizdal was interviewing this uh, Puerto Rican-owned um, gas station uh-huh. that turned their service station because the, it was like a one-lift shop and the overhead was more than they could ever possibly make. Yeah. Um, they turned that into a cafeteria that served homemade, like literally the owner had his mom come in and start making her own uh, burritos, which are like, it's like a Cubano sandwich. Oh, nice. But nice. with plantains. Oh, is uh, fried plantains as the buns. It's really, really good. That sounds really good. Yeah. So, hmm. um, yeah, they started doing this like old cafeteria where they have like key burritos and like horchata and stuff like that. And it actually became a destination. And now people go there and like go out of their way to bring an EV to their charging stations. So now they can go there and have an excuse to go eat at the right. cafeteria. Interesting. Um, and yeah, so the, it's actually a totally revitalized their business. They're bigger than ever. Uh, they're like crazy profitable now. Hmm. I would do something like that. Yeah, destination charging yeah. is a big thing. I think you're yeah. right. I think, um, you know, maybe I, I would say, you know, it'd be really dependent on where it is. But say I was doing this, ah, sorry. say I was doing this as a chain, mm-hmm. um, each one would have a different interior. So if I have one that's in like, on like Lake Street or something. You know, I'd find like a really good African or South American restaurant that I could, I could, you know, have them come in and run a restaurant in the gas station. Mm-hmm. Uh, have the inside, you know, maybe have some like organic, like you know, food and stuff, some like locally sourced stuff. Make it something that somebody really wants to spend their money at. Well, it has to be something unique, otherwise, like, why are they going to yeah, go I don't, there? Yeah, I'm not going to go there and like make my gas station and make it be like full of you know, super mom's hot dogs and gross stuff like that. I think that your idea is a much better fit for not necessarily something that's right on an interstate. Cause like, I think my idea is maybe more geared towards like the, the, the hop destination to get to yeah. yours. Yes. Cause I, I think, yeah, that's a completely different feel, but I think that's a strong point. Cause I, if, if you're trying to get people to get there and stay there for a long time, and spend money, then yeah, you need something unique. Yeah. Whereas my purpose is like, well, I just get like some money out of them real quick while they're topping up with their DC fast charge to get to yeah. Your and I think destination. Well, even then, like with a DC fast charger, it's still what like twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean, best, and that, that's, best case. That that's 
what a lunch is, is right. about 45, 20 to 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's actually why, like, NPR was talking about this, was they had this, like, huge issue with, like, gas stations. Like, now you have these EVs that are clogging up their, your life, and you have a bunch of pissed-off customers. When everybody's getting lunch, and, like, they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. Now, my idea, when you do that, you can also change that with a locale. So, say it's in, like, rural Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, instead of doing, you know, organic, like, heberitos and stuff, like, you can do, like... You, I hadn't heard that word until today, and I've now heard it several times. <laughs> um, it's a pattern. You, you should also uh, eat one, because they're delicious. They sound amazing. Yeah. Um, instead of doing organic heberitos, you could do, um, like, you're in Wisconsin. Like, there's going to be something locally sourced. going to be some cheese. And furthermore, you're ne- you now have a captive tourist. Yeah, this is the same thing as a tourist trap <laughs> yeah, was they, in they the '60s. To be there. They literally have to be there, <laughs> so you can make them something pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So go go to the local farm. Like you're in Wisconsin, there's going to be a dairy farm. Get some really bomb cheese curds. Make Seriously, somebody. The, I would totally do that. Make somebody the best cheese curds and the best you know like bison like hamburger they've ever had in their life. Peter and I were talking about a place called Carl's Corner, which is about an hour west and south of here, mm-hmm. and we were trying to find some like bogus destination that makes no sense just to drive our cars to and come back yeah and i think we're gonna do that but like that place would be so much more appealing even if they had a level two charger just yeah. something to like give me 20 miles of range back when i get yeah. there so that's that would be perfect and then there's one other thing that we should mention with this okay most people that have evs yeah at this point in time they are expensive cars these are people with For the my, most part usually yeah. it's ri- it's rich liberals so these are open open-minded people with Some money of the lower range av people are pretty frugal but that's going to be too it, yeah. far away for those folks. Exactly. Yeah. But the people that are actually going out to these places, they're yep. going to be rich liberals. Yep. And those people will spend their money frivolously. <laughs> I sure do. Yeah. So, like, you can totally, instead of hating rich liberals, appeal to them. Yep. Like, if you're in the middle of nowhere, get your organic milk. Get your organic cheese curds. Get your... Get my farm-to-table like, steaks. Give me my, like, farm-to-table $20 hamburger. As long as it says farm-to-table, <laughs> yeah. organic, and free-range on it. And then, like, sprinkle some quinoa on oh, top of it, like, a, no. like sesame seeds. No. And you will have every rich ah. liberal with their Teslas. Just so many Teslas. You, you, will not know, you won't know what to do with yourself. Did you see the fail feed yesterday? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw you see he's trying to get a Tesla. He got the same, same car as you. Same year, same color, same of model. Or spec, way more miles. Yes. I saw that. That was hilarious. <sighs> Dude, it's just getting creepy now. The guy's a, he's a pervert, dude. Uh, eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> yeah, eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> anyway, on that topic, let's get to yours. Uh, yes. One second here. It's not at all on that same topic, but I... Uh, uh, yes. Harry, <laughs> uh, here, let me... My link didn't save. Let me bring that up for you. Uh, I can maybe try to find it, too. It, it was from, like, Monday, so I'll just share it on here. All righty. I'm sorry, everyone. I tried to have my shit together, and here I am. Um, I think I found it here. Hold on. I, Nine I, electric vehicles that could be... Yeah, that's it. I cool. just added it onto the notes, too. Man. So, right. they're not all electric. They're kind of like collect electric, you know... Plug alternative. In. They're alternative um, fuel vehicles. Um, Tesla Roadster, 100%. First gen, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Is, that, that's going to be a collectible. There's one space. Actually, that particular <laughs> one pictured is in space. Um, nice. Yeah, nice. so that would be a great one. Uh, yeah, I, they're they're mediocre cars. They're still pretty good. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, then the Model S, mm-hmm. dependent on trim. I think a P85, a rear-wheel drive, mm-hmm. or a P85D ludic- or P100D ludicrous mode. Those are going to be the two to call. Yeah, I think the ludicrous mode cars will definitely appreciate uh, Third row more. seat. Mm. If you can get a P100D ludicrous mode third row seat, that's uh, that's a collector. So I guess I'll have to upgrade my car to that spec then. It has to be spec'd out just like that, and that will be a, like a crazy collector. The thing I've noticed about these cars, when you buy them, mm-hmm. register them, insure them, get tabs for them, there's no battery rating anywhere on the legal representation for the car. Oh, really? It's like mine, if I put a 100-kilowatt-hour battery pack in it, put the performance motor in the back and flashed it, would be a P100 DL. Hmm. And it wouldn't show otherwise anywhere else. So you'd still have the same normal insurance. Right, which That's... is hugely expensive, no matter which car you have. But mine's a earlier car, so it's a little cheaper to insure just because the body panels are cheaper. That's awesome. But, okay, yeah, let's keep going. I actually am a really big fan of that. Um... First-gen Toyota Prius. Yeah, I'll say that. The second gen's actually, um, Harry noticed that they're actually getting people that are trying to get insurance policies on these. So Harry won't insure them because it's not over $30,000 for one. Hmm. So they're already kind of getting there. Um, That's kind of funny. This is almost eligible for collector plates. Oh, they are actually. First gen's? Yeah. So it's 2001. Uh, oh, okay. Sorry, I was thinking about the Echo? insight. The insight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Insight, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so th- those are almost there. I've not seen one in years, but I mean, yeah. yeah the last that time I saw be... one of those in really great condition, I did look at it a second time, and that's a really impressive vehicle for 2001. Not, not only that, like, if you want a car that, like, really shows, like, early 2000s styling, mm-hmm. like that and this one. <laughs> now, this one, 100%, the yeah. uh, first-generation insight. That's it. Um, they, they, didn't note, they didn't note anything about... Um, the racing pedigree of these cars. <laughs> yeah, the all-aluminum body and the uh, factory in which they were made. No, the, and... these will be collectible because they have a racing pedigree. The fast, the world's fastest um, single-word cam Honda and the world's fastest um, in a Honda for a while mm-hmm. were both done in one of these with an F22A1 90 through 93 Honda Accord engine. Interesting. Yeah. I got a lot of torque. I the busy motor oh, inside. Oh, of course it was BC. He gets so much power out of those F-series motors. Yeah, and it, was a, um, it wasn't even hybrid or anything. And then there's also, a, with California cracking down street racing, mm-hmm. uh, it's not common, but it's not unheard of, where people will take these, put K-series into them, and yeah, they, they look and feel like an NSX. Like, mm-hmm. Or not SX, a CRX. Um, and when, when you drive they them, drive like, really they, well. they drive like a CRX. Like the, when I drove... Um, I wanted to case swap one did, I think Jordan has one. Jordan definitely yeah. had it. He yeah. used to have two, but now he has one. Yeah, when I drove Jordan's, uh, it felt... It reminded me just like a CRX. And you could get the hybrid with a manual transmission, which yep. is very, very cool. That's my, my favorite thing about the inside. Um, you know, I'd also extend the CRZ. I just am not inside. a fan of the CRZ. I like how it looks, but that should have been sold as a non-hybrid. Yeah, no, hundred percent. But yeah. I mean, the CRZ was the that was a spiritual successor of the original Insight. Mm-hmm. So I would say CRZ as well. Um, I don't know about the Volt. First gen Volt's a very good car, and it is like a first generation electric drive mass market vehicle. So I get that, and they will be something that you'll see in collections in the future. But I, they're going to be like. The, the four-door Impalas in the collections. They're going to be the stuff that, like, I get why it's there, but it's not, it doesn't appeal. I mean, I, I can't really agree with that, because when I see that, it reminds me 
of a night. No, it reminds me of a 1986 Oldsmobile Cutlass Calais. The the first front wheel drive Cutlass. Gross. That was GM's first front wheel drive mass market car. And yeah, it, it was innovative, but innovative doesn't mean it's collectible. Right, but there will be collectors that just collect innovative first of their type vehicles, which yeah, is it, why they're going to have a, a first gen Prius. Well, no, yeah. so they're going to have an Insight because they yeah. beat the Prius to the punch. And yeah. then they're going to have a Volt. They're going to have a Leaf. Because, I mean, I can't can't believe that the Leaf came out in 2010. That was so far ahead of its time for what it oh, was. Oh, it was phenomenal, yeah. 24 kilowatt hour pure electric vehicle. I'd, you'd have to get one with the zero emission sticker on the side right, like you, that. You, if, yeah, if you're driving a first-gen Leaf and you don't have the zero emission vinyl on the side, you're doing it wrong. You know what? The Mitsubishi I might have. I... I... Why? Just give me reasons why. Well, more because I think that that's going to appeal to the people that are currently really into collecting Japanese vehicles, importing Japanese cars. It's definitely an interesting like play, and I bet you'll be able to pick one up for nothing in yeah. the next couple of years. But that's literally completely 100% unchanged K car. That is ex- literally just a K car. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really roomy. They are actually. They yeah. they, they look so bad though. <laughs> they're actually they're they're I, I like them a lot, but it's the thing is that the I might have when you see it, yeah, that draws your that eye. Thing's that thing's a showstopper. You took one of those things to Cars and Coffee, you bet your ass I'd go. Yeah, that's it. the thing. It's like <laughs> I think that that would be a wild card. Like it's it'd be like if you brought like a God, what's a good example? Something like that. Um, I pulled up. I may have on uh, Google and Motor Trend is a one star rating. Yeah, they, they did not go, sell well here in America at all. And 16. Mitsubishi put a hundred percent of their effort into that car. All of the eggs into that basket. Sixteen kilowatt hour battery. I think um, that the iMayev will end up as one of those just kind of like weird wacko cars that like people are like, what? Like a DeLorean. Yeah, a, not objectively a bad car. But the IMIF hasn't been in any movies. No, it's true. But DeLorean's an extreme example. But something right. along the lines was an objectively bad car that really got people excited about it. True. Um, I'm actually looking at this now, and it's not as ugly as I remember. No, they, I, I've actually always really liked the IMIF. I'm not sure why it's not on this list at all. But um, I mean, it doesn't have quite enough range for what you need to do in a day-to-day thing. But like, I'm surprised you don't have one otherwise. Yeah, no, I would. Um, I, if I they make a, um, they make the my it's it's just a me actually in Japan. Okay, which like has a two cylinder gasoline nice. engine. So that's perfect. It, the exact same <laughs> amount of power, that, uh, and it gets like sixty miles per gallon. It's fantastic. <laughs> I wish I could get that in America. Well, um, maybe I'll be able to get an up someday. Yeah. That that's another car. I guess that one's not objectively bad. That one's actually good. That's but, a, it's um, a good car. Yeah, so the Nissan Leaf totally deserves to be on this list. The B Hydrogen Seven, what oh, the hell? Look, it's an E sixty five. Like, why? Oh, well, it's. I mean, it's a really impressive technology that they put into a production vehicle. Also, I think this was one of the first production vehicles to have a forty eight volt electrical system in it. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I it just it, it's why is it an electric vehicle list? It's a you know? it's a V twelve. Yeah, but why is it's it an... alternative fuels, man? You you said so yourself when I know. we started looking at I this know. article. It's just. Anyway, we'll skip past that. Yeah. That oh, one, yeah, yeah. Remember that? The, the Mercedes SLS AMG electric drive, that one absolutely deserves to be on this so list. So cool. And they made that, that god-awful yellow. And I, I think that was the that only color. So <laughs> it's so perfect. 
and they they knew they knew exactly who their market uh-huh. their market was to be like rich douchebags, and that is like yep. a rich douchebag color. <laughs> and this one should absolutely one hundred percent not be on this list because that car's gonna suck. R eight Etron. No, that car's gonna suck if you're. In, so if we're gonna start saying elect, like electric supercars, yeah, the Remace when that oh, inevitably yeah. comes out. Well, after Richard Hammond there. puts it off the. Uh, and since again. we're apparently including hybrids, uh, the 918, every single McLaren, all of those, like the NSX, like those are all going to be, you know, collectible. So th- this this list, I feel like they really just did not want to give the IMI of the time of day. You know what? Or the Fiat 500E. Or the 500 e vehicle ever. I think the 500E is also going to be on. Well, what about the i3? That thing was like... A- a yeah. mass market vehicle with a carbon fiber tub, a hundred percent renewable interior. Yeah, it it was it's complete nonsense. This list. And Haggerty, I disagree with this list. Uh, well, I wanted to note something, but you, you have to be like a member of the like the Haggerty Driving Club to like mm. comment. I'm just like, are you kidding me? I, re- <laughs> I refuse to be a member of that club. Yeah, I, like, I'm, I don't want to have to join a club. Like, make like Japanese nostalgia car where I can just like, just make like Japanese nostalgia car where you can just like comment on it. I was going to say you should make one of those lists for Japanese nostalgic cars, I'll make but it. it's not Japanese necessarily. I'll, I'll make so. it for the Carbitrage website. There you go. Perfect. Because that's what, that's what the website exists it's for. It's going to be the correct version. Yeah. Uh, that, the, well, the website exists exclusively it's in all the links, yeah, for things that I cannot do on just Japanese nostalgic <laughs> car. So, Okay. Fine. Very fine. I'll, I'll look forward to reading that and hopefully contributing some of my opinions. But, yes. Yeah, um, you totally can. Next thing I want to talk about, just briefly before we get on to other news, is um, I was actually scrolling past a similar story, but I opened it up and read it, and it wasn't really what I was after. So I want to just kind of put it out in my own terms. So when you and I shop for a car, we look for the odd variants of things that nobody bought that enthusiasts love, like yes. a manual transmission and a Mazda 5 or a 6-speed and FJ. Yes. Or, you know, I guess those are the two daily driver examples. So it's, it is what it is. But... And- but basically, that that kind of thing where it's right. You're looking for like a big very engine specific manual set transmission. Of options. Yeah, yeah, like you want, like in the case of the Element, like I want, I want all the safety features, but I also want all-wheel drive. and yeah. I want a manual. Yeah, like that's almost impossible to find. And like, if you want certain options, and like an E46 M3 with a manual, it's almost impossible. Yeah. But I've noticed that when I go to sell that vehicle, that takes me forever to find for a reasonable sum of money. It takes impossibly long. To sell it because everyone that comes to look at it is shopping for the non-rare version and they are actually like decreasing their perceived value of your vehicle because it's different no yeah if you're gonna decrease the value of my car like yeah. when i inevitably sell the monster five mm-hmm. and somebody tries to offer me less because man i'm telling the fuck off mm-hmm. that, i mean that's what i do but you want me to do i'm actually because i know it's gonna happen i'll be haggling they're gonna say you know what if it was man if it was automatic i'd give you 2000 since it's manual 1500 i'm like how about this since it's manual 3000 you can go ahead and fuck right off what i've done in the past is i when i know that this person's gonna lowball me i will go find on auto trader ebay and craigslist three different the lowest of yeah. each that i can find for sale or sold and i'll be like tell me how your offer makes any sense at all yeah it's, and they'll be like, well, I saw one black. I'm like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. It doesn't exist. My favorite's when they send me a comp locally, and then and I just tear com- it to shreds. I tear like, a completely different comp. Yeah, it's like the different year, usually a different motor, and like horrible colors or something like that. It's always an automatic. I'm just like, dude. You know, my my favorite thing is I used to do this when I was a car salesman. I was done arguing with somebody. I'd say, 
you know what? I think this might be too much car for you. I think you should probably look for something else. <laughs> I don't think this is the right car for you. <laughs> wow, that's not the best backhanded way of getting somebody out of a car. I, I was don't know what I, it is. I was instructed to do that by people very high up in the dealership because you're not being rude. They have nothing they can actually complain about and you are being a complete douche like if you're trying to eject someone that's how you kindly eject them is you just that's epic you know oh, it's I just fantastic too much car for you <laughs> i just i don't i don't see you in this car i think i think it's a little much for you i think you should have you considered a mirage <laughs> just have one parked right out front so you can just point over to it after every this, test drive i got this automa- tried this mirage. i got this like gray automatic mirage it's a g4 oh dude it's awesome oh. you'd love it i think you'd be really into it this would be the right car for you <laughs> oh it's making me hurt inside so much yeah there there, there, are, th- there are things uh, another good one i heard once was God. a person was shopping for stis and kept arguing with the Now you're talking person. about Subarus, right? Yeah. Not sexually transmitted yeah. infections? He kept arguing with the Subaru sales and the Subaru sales. And it's like, yeah, I don't think we have what you're looking for. Have you tried going over to Hyundai? <laughs> <laughs> like, do a car enthusiast. That's just like the biggest middle finger. <laughs> Except for now, you go over there and you find a G70 six-speed. You're like, oh, thank you. So the guy liked the demeanor that you have, but was unrealistic oh, no. as well. Oh, no. And it's just like... That is not a good combination. The worst sort of customer. I'm only tolerable because my expectations are reasonable. God. <laughs> if I didn't know you, you came into my shop and you demanded I'd do a timing chain for three grand, I'd kick you in the dick and... I don't go to shops. Are you kidding me? Yeah, well... <laughs> I'm friends with techs. That's as close as I get to that crap. There's a very good reason I don't do that for a job. I could, but it's I don't. It's not a fun job. All right, speaking of the Mazda 5's rarity, tell me about his brake upgrades. So, yeah, uh, I found out I'm going to need front brakes soon. Okay. Because I was looking. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, wheels are off doing tires. I mean, do Three millimeters, whatever. That's not that bad. Yeah, I got, I, I've got got 30% of my pad left That's before fine, I dude. get to the backing plate. The rotors are cheap. Too. And then I got that, that'll, it, the cares? backing plate will get me, will get me to work. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, got to watch out for how much rust gets on the side of your car. So with my van, I found out that Mazda 5s and yeah. Mazda Speed 3s actually use the same brake caliper. Really? And Just a different bracket? Different bracket. You can go from having a 11-inch brake rotor to 12.7. Nice. Yeah. BMW's so. done that in the past, too, where I was like, the first time, I think it was back in like 2011 when I was still parting out of the one-car shop in Plymouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a guy with an E46 323i show up, yeah. and I had just parted out an E36 325. So I parted out a 92, and this guy had a 2000, actually it was a 99. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the ca- I need the, uh, just give me the caliper for that 92. I'm like, well, it doesn't cross-check. He's like, the, the slide portion is the same, but the bracket's different. So sure enough, we like we took his wheel off, and like it fit. Like, That's amazing. So apparently, the actual slide center section of that caliper fits like every three series from 1992 to 2000. That's amazing. So same type of deal. But yeah, they, they change the size of the brake disc with the. So with mine, the other interesting thing is for Mazda Speed Three is a common brake upgrade is to run Mazda Five rear brakes on the front. No, in the rear. Oh, okay. Um, because they're they're like a half inch way. bigger in the rear or something. Sure. Um, More weight, I guess. Yeah. That. So, but that's the thing is, I if I once I do these Mazda three brakes, I'm gonna have like the best brake system. It's gonna be phenomenal. How much? Uh, how much can you get a set of the brackets for? I have to get them from Mazda. So like 120 bucks a piece. Unless I want to go find them at and then how much are rotors? And... 
Well, like I can get it for twelve, like twenty bucks, whatever. I Who think cares? that's probably worth doing. No, no, one hundred percent. Does it no, fit under no the seventeen? Okay, I assume. Yeah, it'll, it'll fit fine. Yeah. So that's what I'm gonna do. Um, I'll be I right. Can nice. Probably find you a cheap set of calipers for that thing. Well, I don't need calipers, just a bracket. I know, but like, well, you're I was, gonna end up having to buy the calipers. Yeah, well, I mean, you can get just the bracket from Mazda. That's the thing. As I'm like, I all I want is to do the bracket. My calipers are like a hundred percent fine. I know, but. It's probably cheaper to buy a complete thing and just take the bracket off. I'm seeing a ton of calipers here for like forty shipped with with the bracket. With the bracket, yeah. Well, that's the thing is, I need to confirm that it comes with the bracket because I don't want to pay for shipping back. I'm also well, very frugal when it comes to weird things like this, or it's like I want to like guarantee. When it comes to, no, no, Ryan, you're like, just frugal all the time. Like I don't want to like sit here and say. I'm going to show the nice ladies and gentlemen what we're talking about. So free shipping. Mazda Speed 3. Oh, yeah, there you go. Perfect. With the bracket. So I'm sure they have the other one, too. But there you go. They're 80, 80 bucks plus rotors. You should post them on Facebook uh, wall so I can... It's in the arbitrage notes. Oh, good. Thank it. you. I, will, <laughs> I might actually buy that tonight. <laughs> Otherwise, I can look at the salvage yard interchange tonight and see if I can find something. Yeah, well, yeah, and I need to get the left one, too. Well, I, yeah, I know. Well, it, if I can get just the bracket, like, I'd pay... I'd pay probably 80 bucks i can get just the brackets and i get them like soon you know but um yeah it would be a uh really really awesome upgrade i'm really excited for it and yeah I, I love oem plus like brake upgrades the only thing i do after is i'm gonna put stainless steel lines because i do want to take the, the van out and track it um I, stainless steel lines i would caution i am really not a fan of those they do offer better pedal feel but they don't last as long especially really. if, if you drive a car in the winter okay um, but if you do make sure they're teflon lined yeah that's yeah but um just like a braided brake hose yeah i, I, I just i've run into issues with tech before where they were like yeah you need to have the stainless steel lines i'm like no i don't like you're no that no, literally no. happened to bir once that's I'm ridiculous. Like, Rubber brake hoses are still on like the best factory performance cars out there. And yeah, exactly. They work that, fine. So they're really good. Um, and then the other thing I noticed, uh, right rear control arm, uh, lateral control arm on my van, is, okay. has a, a worn out bushing. Oh, no. um, I noticed that the rear end was sitting just a smidge low, and just, it, the bushing was torn. It was just sitting like off-center on the bushing. Is it like a safety thing, or is it just... Meh. It's a meh thing, but it, it's a handling thing. I can feel it. Oh, it does it do like a little bit of the yeah, booty a, wobble? Yeah, but it, it, it's fine. Um, yeah, well, I found one shipped for $12 and bought it. The uh, price Holy from... Holy cow, that's cheap. Yeah, dude, rock, uh, rock auto. But... Um, I do love Rock Auto. <laughs> yeah, because I was going... <laughs> I, was, I was at World Pack, and like, my cost was like $30. I'm like, that's good. I'm like, let me just try Rock Auto. And I'm like... I'm like, wow, it's seven ninety nine plus shipping? That's I've great. had, like, reman calipers that are on, like, they're just in, like, the clearance yeah. section because, like, nobody buys the parts for these old cars anymore on yeah. Rock Auto. Oh, it's great. Like, I, like, I just paid 32 shipped with no core for this brand new caliper. And, uh, oh, and I, I was going to do the uh, wow. tax-free uh, pricing, but it, it was going to save me a dollar. I went about three quarters of the way through. I'm like, and I got to a point where I'd have to actually look something up. I'm like... I've been doing this for two minutes to save a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, I get I get to that more and more in the, life. This is like my opportunity cost. No, I'm good. <laughs> or I had uh, somebody came into my office the other day and uh, they were asking. I had like a, a drill bit set or whatever. Yeah. I needed it to put a camera up on one of our buildings. And he's like, why didn't you just go to the shop and get masonry bits from them? I'm like, 
round trip drive to the shop from here is 30 minutes. Plus it's going to take me 15 minutes in there to find the right person to get into the tool room to get this tool. That is like $30 of company time. This toolkit was $11. I was at Home Depot anyway. I just saved the company $21 by exactly. not doing that. It's not like you're not going to use it. Right. Like, and like now the office has a full drill bit set, which we need all the time for some reason. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's it's perfect. Yeah. And so. they fault me. I put the second link for the driver's side one in there. Too. Excellent. Thank you. They do have both. So Good. for like less than $90, you will have a complete front set with brackets. Perfect. And, and I believe they have pads in them too still. Uh, I'm not going to be using those 100%. I know, but... Any, now I need to go find myself some of those uh, fancy centric uh, yellow zinc-coated... Uh, zinc rotors are... The coolest thing. Oh, dude, I've, so I've been putting nothing but coated rotors on cars for the last, like, probably year now. Yeah, it looks... Never going back. Yeah. Just, like, because when you work on it a second time, and, yeah, it looks so it much looks better. It looks really cool, and it's just, it is just objectively better. I also, think yellow zinc might be one of the best-looking coatings. It is. I found uh, a plater up in Forest Lake that does large batches yes. of zinc now. Okay. And I need to, like, just send every nut and bolt I own up to this guy and just get all of my hardware zinc-coated because I want everything zinc-coated. I might have to see how much a caliper rebuild kit would be for those calipers and just zinc-coat those calipers. Or, yeah, or you could do the way I do, which is just put it in the ultrasonic tank and then zinc color spray paint. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm poor. not going to do that. Anyway, all right, what's next, on, what's next on our docket here? Is it mine? Yes, so. it's yours now. All right, cool. Um, oh, yeah. I want to touch on this. This is funny. So uh, the big Volkswagen shows like H2OI and Dubs in the Valley, we've heard that the towns, like the one in Maryland and then Helen, Georgia, are super, super, super anal about police just like they'll ticket you for camber for having too low a car for like yeah. noise violations that's all fine and well i like that but la has been doing this for street racing too and oh, i think for, they forever. have a, yeah. officially taken it too far because there was a nearby taco trailer <laughs> and van and they towed it and impounded it what the hell this is a story out of jalopnik but i just like what LAPD will even tow a taco truck from a street race oh god this is why i live in minnesota Right? Like, <laughs> Minnesota, what? they don't what? do this shit. Like, they, tow, they have the van on the flatbed, and they've got their trailer hooked up to the back of this well, rollback. It's, it's like, in Minnesota, our street racers aren't that bad. Like, no. When we street race, we, 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 got, we do a really good job. Like, if, there's a sem- like if, you're, if you're on Vandalia and there's a semi-truck coming down, you'll see it. Everybody splits the yep. cars. Everybody goes like this. Tries to get him to toot his horn. It's a good time. But there isn't the population density in Minnesota, especially around that warehouse district, like that's, there is in That's LA. true. But, well, I mean, well, you can go to Chicago even. I mean, that Chicago's not that bad either because Chicago, you, you know, unless you're like drifting on lower Wacker Drive, which is oh, stupid. Oh, yeah, but um, it's cool. Yeah. Sounds really good. But, like, if you're, like, going out to, like, uh, Southside, like, yeah. out to, like, an abandoned... Highways. Like, no, like, abandoned industrial side roads, oh, okay. like, sure. nobody's going to be out there at 1 o'clock at night on a Saturday. Like that's fine to go street racing as long as you're being safe with it. Like there, it's is it as safe as a racetrack? No, but there is a point in which you can be safe all street racing, and that's I agree. There, it's when you have people because these are it's not like you're just having some kids from like why is that a high school out street racing? Yes, you, you have people actually know how to run a track, so like they they prep. The they they prep where you where you take off from. Yep. <clears throat> so like you actually could do the propane torch and the brooms. And yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm not. Uh, you've never actually been out to the digs out here, but uh, nope. Um, no. There's people that like when I was going like yeah they get like 
brooms and propane torches and VHT that they lay on the track so you could get, like, grip get, to get off the line. It's amazing. And, yeah, like, they would set up a racetrack, and you'll actually have, like, people, um, like, if people are, like, getting too close to the road, mm-hmm. they won't run anybody until they move out of the way. And so, like, weird. Yeah. It's like they have critical thinking and yeah, like, preservation the, instincts. Well, it's, the thing is, like, it, the reason people go out street racing is there are no racetracks nearby. I know, and you can't get to them in a reasonable fashion. And you want to do that, Even like, like, that's an your airstrip thing. would be super cool. It's, like, it's like skateboarding. Like they say, I've always no skateboarding rules because like people get hurt. Well, yeah. Well, if you're skateboarding in public and you're not doing it like. At five o'clock on a Thursday, if there was like, a legal place to go do quarter miles and burnouts, like anywhere near the cities, I yeah, would, I would do it a lot. Yeah, it's like I've got an old set of tires that are almost corded. The nearest is an hour and a half away. I know but it's in Wisconsin, right? It, well, there's Grove Creek, which is the eighth mile, and then there's Wisconsin, which is equally as far away, which is a quarter mile. And it's just one of those things where, you know, it's it takes you'll if you try to do that on Friday night, you're gonna have to get a hotel. Yep. Uh, you what? You're not gonna need a hotel to do. Drive down, Yeah, yeah. Dri- drive down to <laughs> da- drive down to State Street or Plato. Right. Like that's you know not too far away. Well, especially for me, that's super close. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> I'll either like stay at work a little longer and do one, or the other one's close to you my house. You don't even need to text anybody. You just look out your backyard and say, <laughs> uh, "Anyone out? Looks like oh oh, oh cool. Yeah. They're they're running Shepherd tonight. All right, let's go over there." <laughs> <laughs> But like, it's also it's one of those things like, you know, Shepherd would be good. There's a nice straight section great... with no outlets, inlets, yep, or anything. That's that's where they race. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then you have a really awesome <clears throat> shutdown line. You have you have like a, a two kind of like a, almost like a two stage shutdown line. See the one where it goes back under and loops back around, or you can take it all the way down to sixty one and then loop around oh, at sixty one. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah, there's two different ways to do it, and yeah, it, there's you really it, that's probably the safest spot to race, and nobody's on it. Like that's a great spot. In fact. The city of St. Paul should sanction Shepherd Road. It's closed all the time reason. anyway for flooding. May as well close it once in a while for street racing. Yeah, it makes no effect. And what they could do? What? You could totally shut that down on a Friday and Saturday night. Yep. Charge people 20 bucks for entry, mm-hmm. and it would pay for itself. Yeah, I'm sure the insurance policy would be ridiculous, but... That would still... I mean, it's no different than, you I know, still think like it's a good idea. F1. I still think it's a good idea, yes. Yeah, and I, th- I think that... Since you now have a sanctioned road that is going to be safe to race on, mm-hmm. um, you're going to be able to have enough people. You could make quite a bit of money on that. Mm-hmm. And it's in a largely industrial area, so you're not getting noise complaints. Well, there are, there's a lot of high-density living really close to that. Uh, it's still far away enough that, like, I've been driving from, like, I've been at the Science Museum. It's probably okay. I've been at the Science Museum, mm-hmm. like, going up to Shepherd. Yeah. And they're open header Hondas, and I could barely hear them. Like, I had my window down, and I heard, like, off in the distance, like, a... Again, if it's sanctioned, and it's only during, like, not super ridiculous hours, it's fine. That's, a you know, nighttime, Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you can direct people anywhere. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's a yeah. very heavily partitioned wooded thing, so you got a, a return, like you were saying. Yep. And... and then, it, well, the thing is, the, the trees are... It's a banked corner mm-hmm. for the second half of it, or yeah. people would s- slide off. But those trees are in an area where there's no way in hell that you would end up shooting your car that direction. Like, no, not possible. Unless it's a Mustang. Not And there's not a pedestrian possible at all. Mm, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's very um, unlikely, yes. But, yeah, no, I, I really think um, 
I, I really think that sanctioning street racing is the way to do it. Just don't tow my taco truck. Yeah, it's you know, there's you're you're missing out on a bit. It's it's like marijuana. Well, I mean, yeah. What is it down in Arizona? They've got the cop sponsored events at yeah, their same local. Thing with, same thing with Florida. Drag strips. Yeah, and same like, thing with Florida. They've got beat the heat. Yeah. Or Jeremy Clarkson says beat the meat. <laughs> <laughs> but like those those things are really huge, and plus that also does like wonders for improving police public relations. I like, agree. You could be like buds with the police officers. Yeah, like, be great. It, it was I love that. There are most cops are awesome dudes, and a lot of them are into cars or yeah. chicks. Yeah, whatever. But. Um, but no, there's um, two police officers, um, Officer Vang and Officer Tao. Both of them wrong. But um, <laughs> uh, there's two police officers that I know very well from street racing, and I've met uh, Officer Vang. I think. Yeah, uh, he's a Hmong dude, drives a Rav Four. Yeah, yeah, really, Where, really nice dude, guy. He pulled me over one time. It wasn't street racing, but I know him. Yeah, he's a really, really nice. He's guy. a great guy. Yeah, yeah I he's guess the, the one that helped me with the Boxster when I got hit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, super, super cool guy. Yeah, he's super cool. We were talking about us 2000s the whole time. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what he's like. Yeah. He pulled me over for street racing, and he's like, he's like, street racing those kids. And like, I, I told him, because I was like, totally, like, totally guilty. And I'm like, honestly, my car's too slow, and it's just watching. He goes, all right, that's there. Just keep your nose clean. Don't do this anymore. And he, uh, he gave me a warning. I went home. And, but that's the thing is like, that that is a if I lived in Fragtown and I was able to have good relations with police officers, yeah. you wouldn't be having these massive issues, you know, these with police because the police are going to get to know everybody better. Uh-huh. And, who, and who is a risk and who yeah, isn't? Who isn't a risk? You're not, you're gonna have less like random people getting shot because the cops scared because he's gonna know who he's dealing with, and you're not gonna have people saying you know, like fuck the police and stuff right. because you're. There's no point in saying that. Right. And, it, yeah, it just it makes sense. It just gets rid of a bunch of undue bitterness on both ends. Absolutely. And it really does. And then it's an outlet. And another thing that a lot of people don't talk about, mm-hmm. um, this one is actually th- something that was brought to me from Lowrider Magazine when I was a kid. Um, a lot of these kids that would go out street racing are mm-hmm. from the inner city when otherwise be selling drugs or in gangs and stuff. Yeah. But – if you're putting all of your money into a Honda Civic and not mm-hmm. selling drugs, or your Chrysler 300, or doing Hemi. drugs, like that's a good thing because you know what's going to be a lot people worse for society? Drugs. When people find out that like I've never done any drugs ever, they're like, "How did you avoid that?" I'm like, "I was always spending way too much money on car parts to ever think about that." Yeah. Like, what? I'm like, yeah, like, I, like I have no desire to I've, even like great good for you, but I've had cars. people like, you know, I've, I've smoked you know, pot and stuff, but it's like, I've never, never in my life, never in my life have I ever purchased marijuana because I never, never wanted to. I was always busy with car stuff. I don't have time. I do not have time for a drug addiction. No, I don't have time. I don't have money. I'm broke (laughs) as shit. Or even a functional habit. I'm like, I'm broke as shit, but you know what I'm doing is I'm stimulating the economy by helping small businesses. So, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I could run an entire political platform on this. So, Anyway, we're at just about an hour uh, in the interest of keeping things short, just to keep our schedule for our 100th episode going. I suppose we should probably... Yes, and let's do... Um, tie her up with our... Uh, what did we learn? What did we learn today? I'm going to let you go first since do you it. mentioned ah, it. I got to like, prepare for this sort of thing. Um, 
I learned that Ryan and I have both been pulled over by the same officer. <laughs> there that we go. That is, cool. some, that is something that you learned. <laughs> I still have a copy of that ticket somewhere, I'm sure. That's or, excellent. The, the, not the ticket, <laughs> but the report with the insurance info. But yeah, that, that cop's a really cool guy. Um, he is. <laughs> Props to you, Officer Bank. God, what's another thing? I learned a lot of things. Um, oh, not what I learned, but what I taught. Okay. I taught Jana that uh, we were at the art Insti- or the Minneapolis Institute of Art MIA, yep. uh, MIA yesterday, and we were looking at uh, this statue at the Sunken Cities exhibit, and she was wearing like the it was this really really cool statue, and it's like really detailed, but she's wearing like a semi transparent shawl, and even though it's like a stone shawl, like you can still see like all the parts of her body underneath it. It's Very really fine. interesting how they did that, <laughs> and. Uh, Jan's like, yeah, it's really cool. Like Greek or Roman or Greek or Egyptian. I'm like, it's Egyptian. She goes, how do you, how do you know that? I'm like, there's no pubic hair. And she goes, she goes, what? And I'm like, Egyptians practice dilapidation or, uh, depilation, which is removal of all body hair because they were, they would be fighting lice and stuff. And it's Mm. actually better for you if you're living in a hot climate. And she's like, yeah, but Greeks did it too. I'm like, no, Greeks didn't. Like, go, there's a room full of Greek nudes over there. Let's go look. And so we went over to the Greek statues. Every single one of them had a huge bush. And Hmm. I'm like, see? I did not know that. So now you know. The Egyptians never showed any body hair at all Hmm. because it was to combat lice. So Egyptian men were, like, bald and stuff? Yeah. Hmm. Actually, their eyebrows were even drawn on. Like, all, the only people that interesting that makes a people lot of usually, sense. People usually think of with headdresses yeah, and all that. Yeah, headdresses and stuff. Some people had like head hair. Um, priests always had to. Have so the Brazilian con- was born in, in Egypt. Egypt. So they, we should call it an Egyptian. Yes, and they would wax also wax like an Egyptian. They would actually use uh, beeswax too. Just saying. So you are full of a really strange. I'm gamut. really full of weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've known that for many many years. But there you anyway. go. Anyway, uh, yeah, thank you for listening to me babble to you about Egyptian artwork. And pubic hair. <laughs> pubic hair. <laughs> These are the things you get to listen to on our podcast. <laughs> thank wow. you for listening. We'll catch you guys we'll, next time. Yep. <laughs>